In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly King, Paraclete, Spirit of Truth, You who are everywhere present and fill all things, Treasury of all that is good and Master of life, Come, dwell within us, Cleanse us from all stain, And save our souls, O Good One. Mary, cause of our joy, pray for us. We're going to go on considering uh, chapter 4 of the Gospel of John, uh, our Lord's meeting with the Samaritan woman. I'm going to just pick up where we left off by just gathering the last few lines. Um, this dialogue has been going on. It began, give me a drink, and the woman says, you know, how come you're talking to me? I'm a woman. Because that's not done in that culture, even in today, in small towns. Uh, and I'm a Samaritan, and Jews don't have anything to do with you. And you want me to give me my cup to drink? And Jews never do that. So how come on these three reasons you're talking to me? Jesus goes right after her. You knew the gift of God. And who it was who was asking you for a drink, you'd ask from him, and he'd give you living water. And then he goes, well, how, how would you do that? I mean, living water is real water, the Holy Spirit, but also running water, living. You know, it's not dead, stagnant. She says, how are you going to do that? you got no bucket. And then we start this discussion. And uh, then, uh, finally, he has led her to a point where she has enough trust in him. He says, go call your husband. She says, I don't have one. And then he says, you're right, you don't. You've had five, and the man you're living with now is not your husband. All of a sudden, the whole conversation changes. She says, I see you're a prophet. Now she starts asking religious questions right away. You know, you say we should worship there. We say we should worship here. Now, who's right? You see? And so then our Lord explains all that. And uh, uh, worship in spirit and in truth. The woman answers, I know that the Messiah is coming. And when he comes, he will declare all things to us. Now she's... Well, when the Messiah comes, he's going to resolve this for us. Jesus says, I am he. But the way he says, I am he, is I am. Ego imi. And so, it's a divine pronunciation. It's a divine name. I am. Anihu. Uh, and this kind of self-description, uh, which can be ambiguous on purpose, uh, occurs throughout the Gospels, mostly in John, but not only. At all the, the storms at sea, uh, relax. Ego imi. It is I. But it means more than it is I. Alright. So, at that point, uh, the disciples come back. And they are amazed that he was speaking with a woman for all the reasons I've just outlined. No one said, however, what are you looking for? Or why are you speaking with her? 
So then the scene shifts to the woman. The woman left her jar, went off into the town, and said to the people, Now look, just she's an evangelist already. She didn't go home and say, That was quite a lesson. I must pay attention to that. She ran into the town where everybody knew she was living with her fifth husband, and in a small town, Semitic culture, she's finished. And um, she said, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he be the Christ? Right away she's an evangelist. Why? Because she's speaking about what she has experienced. Evangelization is not just talking about Christ. It's witnessing to what we know the Lord Christ has done in us. Let me tell you what he's done for me. That's the way evangelization starts. I used to tell my students, you want to evangelize on the street, it's a thrill, I've done it. But you don't start, listen to what the Bible says. I mean, they don't even know there is one. You start by saying, you know, you want to get over being scared, of losing your job, of just being scared in general, of eating too much, drinking too much, living a life you're ashamed of. You want to get over that? I can tell you how. Look at me. This is what Christ has done for me. That's step one. Always. Because then you're credible. I know what I'm talking about. I know what Christ has done for me. I'm not the advertising manager for Christ, whoever he is. I'm telling you what I know. That's the foundation. The reason why evangelization is often weak is because so few people have met him. They're devout, but... That's what the Pope Benedict says. You see, the whole church, he says, should be baptized in the Holy Spirit. He said that. The whole church. It was in his Pentecost uh, Regina Chaley address of 19, I mean, 20, 2008. Then he defines what he means. We must be aware of what was given to us in baptism and confirmation, which means experiential faith. That's what we're given. And the baptism of the Spirit brings all that alive. It's the work of the Spirit. So anyway, uh, uh, so she runs off, tells him that, could he be the Christ? Now look at these people, this small town people. And they could have said, yes, you're a sweetheart, you know. Uh, you're the kind of the dregs of our town. Now you're going to tell us, you know. They didn't. See how convincing she was because she was so sincere? Could he be the Christ? They went out from the town and were coming to him. Now we go back to the disciples. In the meanwhile, the disciples were asking him, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat which you do not know. So the disciples were saying to one another, Did someone bring him something to eat? They always play this role as sort of the dumb guys. Because they are, and so are we. The Lord talks to us all the time in the Bible. We don't get it. Um, and so, Jesus explains to them, My food is to, that I do the will of the one who sent me and bring his work to completion. How does he bring his work to completion? What does he say on the cross? Te teleste. It is now completed. 
That's where I bring his work to completion, at the cross. And from that comes the resurrection and the salvation of the world. And so, that's, that's the meat. That's the food. That's what I... And then he has his little proverb. Don't you say there are still four months and the, and the harvest comes? Look, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. <clears throat> He's probably saying, do you see all these people coming from the town? Don't you see the beginning of the harvest? Here they come, following this uh, Samaritan woman. You see? So the idea, four months to the harvest, it couldn't really be four months if the chronology is on, because Jesus just left Jerusalem at the Passover. Well, the Passover is already well into the, you know, spring, and so it can't be four more months till the harvest. But it's probably a proverb saying, we got plenty of time. You know, we don't have to rush. We got four months till the harvest. Like a little proverb, meaning, you know, uh, we got plenty of time. Don't you have this saying? You have a lot of time? Well, look, here comes the harvest already. The whole town is following her because of the authenticity of her witness. This lady with five husbands. Why does our Lord do that? Well, to keep all of us humble. You know, he can raise up stones, raise up from stones the children of Abraham, John the Baptist tells us. But also, so that we're thrilled. That means there's a chance for us all. I could be an apostle. All I have to do is be sorry for my sins and love Jesus. That's all there is to it. And then tell them what I know. Let me tell you what I know he has done for me. See, nothing succeeds like a witness. Okay. So, I sent you to reap where, where you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have come into their work. Does he mean the prophets? Who does he mean? Probably means the whole millennial history of his people, their people as well. They have worked Jeremiah, Isaiah, Hosea, all the great ones, all the prophets, all the devout people who wrote out the words of God and, and, and gathered and protected them, you see. So now you've come into their work. From that town, now we go back to the townsfolk. Uh, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman witnessing, he told me everything I ever did. I want to tell you what he's done for me. He set me free. He said, this is what you've done. You've got five husbands. And the fellow you're living with is not your husband. But he said it with such compassion, such forgiveness, that I'm willing to leave this guy, you know, and really live for him. He won me over completely. You see? Uh, and so, because of the word of the woman witnessing, all the W's, word, woman, witnessing, see? Uh, it's just happens to be English, not Greek. Uh, he told me everything I ever did. So now she's not only a converted sinner, she's an apostle. Isn't that wonderful? And so, when the Samaritans came to him, 
They asked him to remain with them. And he remained two days. You see this rhythm that's in this lovely text. This Samaritan woman comes out to get water uh, in the middle of the day because she just can't stand all the catty remarks. When you come out in the morning and it's cool, you can... To this day, the women still carry the water on their head unless they've lived in the city so long they've forgotten the knack of it. It's tricky. And they, even some of these big five-gallon oil drums, oil cans and things, you know, olive oil cans, they clean them up and they use them to carry the water. Uh, but it's, it's heavy for one thing, but it's tricky to carry. And so, but she doesn't come out with them she comes out in the middle of the day. And she, uh-oh, there's a guy standing there. What am I going to do? I'm just going up and get my water. And he says, can I have a drink? She says, how come you, a Jew, a man, are talking to me, a Samaritan woman? I don't like you. You know, people who are a little bit embarrassed about their life, they're already on the defensive. And then, She's a Samaritan. She doesn't like Jews. So she's kind of rude. How come you've got the nerve to talk to me? He bypasses all that. He just says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is is talking to you, he would give you living water if you asked him. And then you remember the dialogue. So, now you see uh we're ready for the last act.